Hello, hello. It's Lauren Berger. Welcome back to Get It Together, your favorite podcast on how to get your life together. Yeah. Um, Today's topic is something I'm really passionate about. It's called how to stop feeling so busy. Busy, 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 right? It's just something that we are all plagued with. We feel busy, but yet we don't feel accomplished at the end of the day. So I wanted to invite someone here today that works at a crazy, busy, hectic startup because I thought they're going to understand what I mean. So today I'm joined by Ellen Sweeney from MeUndies, and uh, we're going to talk to you guys about how to stop feeling so busy at work. Let's dive in. Today's episode is about how to stop feeling so busy while you're at work. Um, This topic is very near and dear to my heart right now because I just finished writing a book which is called Get It Together, Ditch the Chaos, Do the Work, Design Your Success. It's pretty much on this subject. Um, In fact, the first iteration of the book was just called The Busy Book. Um, And I became obsessed with this topic of busy Because in my own personal life, I felt like I was living a busy contest. I heard the conversations with my friends and family members start to change from, how are you? Oh, I'm good. To, how are you? Busy. Slammed. Crazed. Running around with a, we can't even say it, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, right? And I I noticed just in everyday life that people were so busy talking about how busy they were. I also felt like busy turned into an excuse. You know, I can't meet you today because I'm slammed. I have a hundred things going on. I can't get my head up. However people tell you they're busy. It was just everywhere. And I started sort of doubting my own schedule and productivity because I would hear how busy friends were, or at least how busy they would tell me they were. And then I would start to think, am I as busy as they are? Am I less important because I'm not as busy as they are? Or maybe I am as busy, but I'm not talking about it? I didn't know, but it was driving me insane. And so I sort of set out on this conquest to figure out how to get rid of that busyness and just get more work done and sort of take back our own time. So I'm very excited about our guest that's here to explore the busy and break through the busy with me. Um, We have Ellen Sweeney from Me Undies, a very cool startup, right? You'd call it a startup. Yeah, I Um, Yeah, a very cool startup that I see all over the place these days. So, Ellen, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Yeah, and I'd love to learn a little bit about you and your background. And then if you could also share with our audience just what MeUndies is for those who might not be familiar. Absolutely. So I um, am our head of people operations currently at MeUndies. We have a team of seven people on the people ops team. Um, I actually started at MeUndies as our office manager and have kind of held a few different roles throughout my course of time. They're leading me to where I am now, ranging from office manager to supporting recruiting to people operations and now overseeing the team. Um, prior to that, I was at another startup at the time, Pressed Juicery, which you might be familiar oh, with. Oh, yeah. Definitely not a startup anymore. Stores all over the world. Um and before that, I was actually in hospitality. So I've kind of done a few different things, wow. but, but all in the sphere of making sure that people are having great experiences doing whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and then as far as MeUndies, MeUndies is actually was the first 
underwear subscription that launched in 2011. And now we offer men's and women's underwear, bralettes, loungewear, and comfortable basics, really. And our, our main goal is to inspire comfort and confidence in all of our customers. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And um, so the first thing I want to get into, and I feel like we could go and talk about busyness for days and days. So we'll try to, you know, get through a lot of this material here. But I think the first question that I always like to ask is like, how did we get here? How did we get so busy? Like, I don't necessarily remember being this busy in elementary school or, you know, I was involved in high school, but I don't remember feeling stressed busy, right? Like busy was a positive thing then. And I feel like busy is a negative thing now. Um, So some of the things that I think kind of brought us here, and I'm interested to get Ellen's take is, you know, one social media for sure. I mean, the fact that when I was, and I'm dating myself a little bit here, but when I was like 14 years old, I had no cell phone, right? So if I was getting a call, it was from, it was at home on the landline, right at home. And now obviously there's a cell phone, but on top of the cell phone, there's texting, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's LinkedIn. There's like a thousand messages that you have to check every single day. And even if you have them all feeding into the same place, whether it's through email notification or your phone's going off nonstop, there's just so much to get back to all the time. We're, we're accessible in a way that, you know, we never were before. Um, so maybe it's social media. Maybe it's just commitments. Um, I don't know. Now that ever since Groupon was a thing and these like in real life experiences became a thing, maybe we're all just committing to more things, both personally on the weekends, whether it's apple picking or renting boats than than we used to. And we I don't know, would we sit home and do nothing before? I don't know. Um, But like what is making us so busy? Yeah, I mean, I think that those are all the things that are kind of impacting our our day-to-day busy. I think at least speaking from the startup space in the workplace specifically, I think when you join a startup, you're often doing jobs, a bunch of different jobs. You're not honing in on one specific thing like maybe people were before. You had one one job and one focus and somebody had done that role before. And in startups, you're often creating your role and you're doing a lot of different things, wearing a lot of different hats. So I think that that can make it really difficult for people to um, focus on one thing any given time of their day. And they're kind of being pulled in all these different directions and have trouble figuring out how to have a productive day while doing all of those things, which is a big part of the problem. I love that point about wearing different hats because it is so true. And I, we, we just, uh, what do you do? You tape a podcast. You tape a podcast. You film a pod. You tape a podcast. We just taped a podcast, and to be honest, I don't know if it's already going to air before we air this one or the other way around. But regardless, we just taped a podcast, and the subject was how to get hired. And one of the things that I talked about was that you have to be ready. And I meant exactly what you're saying, that you have to be ready to wear different hats because at a small company and even bigger companies these days, you want, I call them everything people. You want someone who's organized enough that they can create a schedule. You want someone that if you have to send them to an event or, you know, work out in the field, they can go do that. You want these everything people. And I, I think you're right with with these jobs that do require you to wear a lot of different hats. There are a lot of different requests from different departments and just Lots of things moving at the same time, which I think definitely contributes to that feeling of just being so busy. So another question I've written down here is, is work-life balance even a thing anymore? Because it does seem to all be merged together. You hear 
I don't know that many people who have a work phone and a personal phone. Most people just have their cell phone. Um, some people don't even have an office phone anymore. That's kind of a thing of the past. So, and, and we're all getting emails at night. We're all trying to do our personal stuff during the day because otherwise we don't own our time during the day. Like, do you think it exists? I think that it exists if you as an individual prioritize it. I think that there's so many demands coming from your workplace and from your social life and all of these different areas. But I think if you make the conscious decision to have a work-life balance for yourself, you can make it work. And sometimes that might mean waking up at five in the morning to be able to fit in your workout and start your t- day with the Today Show and a cup of coffee <laughs> or whatever work-life balance is for you. Um, I know a lot of companies, including MeUndies, we're trying to make it easier on you. So there's a gym in our office that you can utilize or we're bringing in That's lunch so nice. It Lucky. Is, it's truly amazing, especially wow. on days when you skip your morning workout and you still have an opportunity. Is it weird to be like working out next to your coworker, like on the treadmill and they're <laughs> holding weights? It's really not. And there's a there's a lot of different groups of people that do things together to make it less weird. So there's a group that does like insanity at night and does. Oh, wow. That's cool. Goes and plays basketball down the street at lunch. So I think it's just prioritizing it for yourself, but also finding an employer that allows you to have the time and respects boundaries. is also So crucial for that. I like that. And I feel like as the intern queen, I have to ask, how can someone ask about that in an interview? That's a great question. I think at the end of your interview when they ask you for questions. You don't want to be the person that's like, what are the hours of the office? But I think that it's, you know, more than reasonable to say, tell me about how your employees invest in themselves or how the company. Oh, I like that. Tell me about how your employees invest in themselves. And how you give them that opportunity, I think is huge. And that's their chance to tell you about wellness opportunities Mm -hmm. or share the hours or any types of policies like that. That's a great way to ask that question. I love that. I think that's great. And so I think we should just kind of get into like how how do you get out of your own way? And I was telling talking to you about this before um, we started uh, taping right now. But something that I hear from a lot of our employees at Intern Queen, from a lot of my personal friends, is they're at work all day, so they're physically at their desk looking at an email screen, right? Looking at their computer and whatnot. Um, they're there, <laughs> but they leave feeling like they've accomplished zero. So they've been, quote unquote, working all day, but they don't leave the office feeling accomplished. And I am passionate about helping people fix that because, you know, I want to fix that for myself. I want to feel accomplished at the end of the workday. I want everyone to feel that way. So let's start to kind of break down what people can do, because I'm sure there's a lot of different things. Do you want to start with some tactics? Yeah, sure. I mean, I could go on for days probably about this. I think the most natural thing that probably everybody can say and think of on their own that I've found to be incredibly helpful for me is blocking my calendar. So when I'm looking at my calendar and I see I have five meetings in my, you know, eight or nine hour day and feel very overwhelmed, when am I going to actually be getting my work done? I block out the time. One hour I'm working on X, Y, Z. This hour I'm working on X, Y, Z. And I know that that's no different than you just doing it. But when it's on your calendar and you have the time blocked, mm-hmm. I think it almost just tells you mentally that that's something that you need to to do, which I think is just an easy, quick fix. Um, I, I love yeah. that point. Um, I, I talked about this in the book a little bit. But uh, one frustration that I 
was having, and, and my team all knows about this, was that my calendar would say one thing. So I'd go into the office and the calendar from like eight, our, our hours are like 8.30 to 4.30-ish. Yeah. So 8.30 to 4.30 is like booked with calls or internal meetings or whatever it is. But then I had this to-do list and I was like, okay, being that I am one human being, <laughs> when am I supposed to do this? And and I still have to do this a little bit, but I found that I would ha- if I wanted to get anything done from the to-do list, I would have to wake up early in the morning. I would have to work until 10 p.m. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Like, eight hours a day should be enough time. Mm-hmm. So I started working with my team on exactly what you're saying. Like, if there's something on the to-do list, it has to be in the calendar or else I can't physically get it done. So if someone wants me to look over a proposal for them or has a request, I'm like, you have access to my calendar? put it in there because if you don't know how I'm going to do it, then I don't know how I'm going to do it. So I think that that's so right with blocking your calendar. Something that um, Marisol, who's who's sitting in here um, with us, did. Um, I can't remember Marisol. There was maybe it was a couple months ago. Um, Marisol was just, I think, personally trying to figure out how she could better use her time. And so for, I think, like a full week, she tracked her time, literally everything she did and when she did it. And it really helped her to see what she needed to kind of move around, what time was being wasted, how she could use her time better. And I think that's a great exercise for people that kind of say, something's wrong, but I don't know what it is. And just kind of tracking your time, even for tracking your time, even for like two business days, I think could be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. And I also love another way of kind of almost doing that online is I know that Meandies, we use Asana. I'm not sure if you all are familiar. Yeah, yeah, we use, yeah, we use something like that. Yeah. Um, But even if your company doesn't offer Asana or a project management tool, I'm almost positive that you can download Asana as a single user without having and get to pay free for it. access, right? Exactly. And so, if you work for a company that doesn't support that, you could get it for yourself and break out your projects into, you know, tasks and due dates and all of that. And that's really, really helpful for keeping you organized and accountable as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what Ellen's talking about is these project management tools. And Asana is one of the most popular ones. We use one right now called Rike with a W-W-R-I-K-E. But you're right, there's a free one. And then we pay for like the bigger company exactly. one. But it is so helpful to um, to assign tasks out. We would find that we'd be in like meetings and on team calls and all of this stuff would come up. And we'd talk about the tasks, but it was really hard to hold people accountable. So to use these project management tools to assign people tasks, put a deadline to them, and then actually be able to view, okay, what's due today, what's due this week, and to prioritize that way um, is really important. And speaking of prioritization, <laughs> that's probably a, a topic to touch on here. And I, I'm super guilty of being the everything is important boss. And that did a lot of damage, you know. I it's important that as as leaders we know how to prioritize for our team. I usually say prioritize based on what's urgent versus what's important because everything's important, right? There's nothing that you're going to say isn't important. So for us, urgency is usually attached to a deadline or a really picky client or something that has a really bad consequence if we don't get it done properly. Um, do you have yeah. any? tools or tips or tricks for prioritizing a big workload? Yeah, I think I find it helpful at the beginning of every day. Every day I start the same. I go through my inbox to make sure that it gets cleared out so that's not something that's living in the back of my head. And then I identify what I need to do. And I like to get the low-hanging fruit completed first. I think that um, in one of my favorite books, which is The Happiness Project, not sure yeah, yeah, Gretchen, the Gretchen Rubin, Rubin one, yeah. Um, she talks about in applied to like 
cleaning out your closets and stuff, that you should tackle the things that are lingering in your head, causing you stress, making you feel busy first, because they're so easy, but they're causing you so much stress for some reason. Get them off the list. So I try to put that toward my workload. What's something super easy that I can deal with right away? Um, And then just figuring out what my priorities are. And I think one of the things in HR and people ops is there's issues that pop up throughout the day um, that you can't predict and you're going to have to drop everything for. You right. can't tell somebody that their issue is not important and you obviously want to deal with those things as they come. So I think it's just kind of re-looking at that list every time things change. Like, okay, on Monday I didn't get to this really top priority. I'm going to do it first thing on the Tuesday morning. Or um, just being really on top of what you need to do and moving it around is appropriate. Right, right. And you mentioned email. Um, So again, Marisol and I were talking about this the other day. I have this thing that I feel like a lot, uh, I feel like a lot of my personal friends, I wonder if they'll listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, Some of them sit on email all day long and they are not intentionally, but they're almost just like waiting for the next email. And then when they get it, it's like a who can respond to this email first battle. And then it becomes this like aggressive email chain until someone goes to sleep or whatever. (laughs) Um, And I feel like email's great. And of course, I think at the end of the day, we're going to get back to the emails that are super important. And it's okay if you don't reply instantly to other people. In fact, it's okay if you don't reply at all to some people when it's not, you know, if it's not in your role or responsibilities, of course. Like, you don't have to respond to everything. And I think when we sit on email all day, we don't get to, you know, we don't get to activate our projects that we're passionate about or that we really want to get a move on. So I have to sometimes, like, close out my email box. And, you know, of course, I'm always kind of checking it on the side every every so often. But just to make sure that I can get my projects done, especially when they're projects that require like a little bit more thought, whether it's a writing project or a proposal I have to look over, just, you know, something a little bit more tedious. I just have to shut that email, get my projects done, and then I go back to the email later. Yep. I think that that's what you have to do. Otherwise, it's going to make you crazy. And so many companies are using like Slack or these chat tools. And I think it's the same thing. You're getting a Slack message or a message from a coworker. You're dropping everything that you're doing. And then it takes you 10 minutes to get back into the flow. And it's these constant interruptions. So I think making sure that you're setting these things on do not disturb, just close out of your email inbox and you can check it once an hour or whatever makes sense for you. It's going to keep your workflow on the project work that you need to do moving along. Right. And and so let's talk about kind of saying no and yes. setting boundaries. Because <laughs> I think with, I'll give you two examples and then I want to hear what you think. So I've been re- working on this book and it has been quite the adventure. Um, my other two books were on internship and career advice. They were a lot more straightforward. Here's resume advice. Here's cover letter advice. This was like, let's open up my soul and talk about what a hot mess I am and then write about it and tell the world. Isn't that fun, right? And then try to like sew the pieces back together with great practical advice <laughs> that I only wish I could follow myself every day, right? But um. You know, it was definitely a tricky process. And the last time I wrote a book was in 2013. I think that I think that was before Instagram or like before it was before it was what it is today. Right. And I don't know if it was easier back then. I don't really remember. But finding that distraction free zone and setting boundaries, especially in the evenings when my friends are coming home from work and they want to call and chat and my husband's asking what's for dinner and my mom's calling and, you know, all the and then there's a, a work email that comes in. 
It was so hard to disconnect. I mean, I literally bought a pair of like the giant gold Beats headphones um, and I would throw my phone across the room so I wouldn't look at it. But, you know, even when you're on Bluetooth with headphones, you can hear when your phone rings because the sound goes out. Yeah. So you're like, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> um yeah, I'd go. I there was one day I must have gone to five coffee shops within like two hours, just trying to find like some sort of focus. So, P.S. It was rough, um, and I found that kind of learning how to create my distraction-free zone was key. Setting boundaries was key, not only with my team at work, but with personal friends. You know, I had to say if I and I almost had to like predict which friends were going to try to call me. And this that happened again last night. You know, sometimes if I don't answer my phone for long periods of time, my close friends are like, what's wrong with you? Are you mad at me? What are you doing? So I would literally have to text them to say, hey, I'm going into my book cave for three hours. I'll call you after. And the same thing with our team at work. I would say, I'm going into book land. Um, and they were great about kind of like respecting that time. Uh, but it was hard to set boundaries. It's hard to say no to people. Um, and, but you have yes. you have to do it if you want to get everything done. Have you found that with different projects as well? Yeah. I mean, personally, kind of building off of that, I feel like the power of no has been so important for me because at the end of the day, to be the most productive version of yourself at work, you're going to have to put yourself first sometimes what you need to do. So for me, I can't deal with going to happy hours and dinners on weeknights. It makes me exhausted the next day. Yep. I don't do my workout, which makes me exhausted. And so I've found that prioritizing myself and what makes me stay energized and thus more productive is huge. And I think also in the workplace, setting the right you know, expectations with your manager when you start or once you become familiar with one another and say, hey, you can send me messages at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., I might not reply. It's okay for you to reach out. I'll reply if I can. And really just kind of figuring out what makes sense. There's some people that I manage that panic if I reach out to them after 7 p.m. And I know that they that I shouldn't do that. But there's some people that like doing work at that time. So really figuring out what makes sense for each person you're working with as well is helpful to set those boundaries outside of working hours. So you just said like three things that I really <laughs> like and want to jump in on here. So couple couple notes. So one is you just said, I like what you said about managing different people differently because that's something that I think I probably do but maybe don't realize that I do and it's a good thing and it is interesting that like you don't manage people the same way like you find different people's strengths and you try to work to work with them or cater to them there's some people in our office who I feel like I need to give them like a plan for the day Mm -hmm. or like a time frame that tasks should be accomplished within. And then there's others that are just going to do their thing and that's how they're going to work better. Um, And then again, I I talk about Marisol a lot, especially because she sits in here with us. But um, Marisol goes to sleep early. Mm -hmm. And I've known, I don't even know how you told me it must have just come out in like probably lunchtime chatter or something. I don't know that she was like, Lauren, just so you know. Um, I don't think, do you remember? I don't. Yeah, I think it was just casual. Um, she doesn't have a microphone on, so you guys can't hear her. But um, I, I, I learned that about her. But I am super aware of that now. And so if I look at my phone and I want to text Marisol something and it's after 9 p.m., I really don't text her. Like, I guess I would if there was an emergency, but I don't know that I've ever really had to do that. Um, whereas we have other team members that they'll text me at like midnight sometimes. And and I know who those people are, too. So to your point, I, I hear that. And it is important um, as managers that we like you kind of play to other people's styles. I think at one point I thought, ooh, you have to manage everybody the same and treat everybody equally. Mm -hmm. And even though you're, I guess, managing people differently doesn't mean it's still not 
equally? Exactly. That- as long as there's fairness in, you know, the way that you're evaluating their performance. Right. Like you're not saying that this person is better because they respond to your texts at 10 p.m. as long as right. that's, you know, not... Right, right. Different audition. people, yeah. different strains. Absolutely. And so another thing you said that was personal, and I want to dig in there a little bit. You yeah. said that you don't like going out after work to these happy hours and things. And I totally relate to that. Um, When I first started my own business, I came from um, CAA, the talent agency. And everybody there has a breakfast, lunch, Mm -hmm. dinner, and drinks almost every day. And so when I started Intern Queen, I thought in order to be successful, you have to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, everything every day. So I did that with anybody who would hang out with me. I basically got really fat not going to lie, ate way too much food. I was broke because I was spending all my money on like fancy lunches with strangers. And I'd get really bored during a lot of the meetings because I was just meeting to meet. I didn't even have anything to talk about. It wasn't strategic in any way. And so it was a giant waste of time. And, you know, now, several years later, obviously, I feel the same way as you. Um, I know myself. I, you know, I'll go out like maybe one night during the week, but I really don't want to. I'd rather just be able to work out after work, do my own thing. And if I'm going to network with people, I'd rather do a coffee meeting. I even like breakfast meetings. And I find that there's other ways to do it. So my questions for you are like, how did you, how can people learn like what works best for them? Like at what point did you realize that you don't want to go to happy hours at night? That's, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of a a natural progression for me when I was younger I probably had more energy and was more excited about networking new to LA wanted Mm -hmm. to meet lots of people which there's obviously value in and so similar to you I felt like that was the way that I needed to stay relevant and kind of the industry and getting to know people um but I think I just I it started to drain me so much that I realized what's the value in networking with somebody if I'm so tired I can't even do my job well the next day like those two things kind of just cancel each other out. They do, yeah. So I've, like you, I think that breakfast meetings are one of my favorite things to suggest when people do want to get together. And when I do invest in doing things on weeknights, I just try to make sure that they're really valuable. Right, that you're being intentional about it. I'm not just saying yes to everything. And I think that part of that is becoming comfortable with yourself and not having you know, FOMO from saying no to things. I have some that friends FOMO. that still struggle. Yeah, struggle oh, with yeah. FOMO. And you can't let FOMO get in the way of you living your best life. Right. You got to do your yeah. thing. I agree. So I had a situation last night that kind of reminds me of this. So I know... I know. I agree with you. Like, I know about myself that I don't want to be out every night. And there's nothing that irks me more. Well, there's probably things, but um, <laughs> then I don't when when I know I'm traveling or going, whether it's vacation, work, it all kind of blends together for me now, whether I'm traveling for work or personal. Like, I don't like to be super busy in the weeknights leading up to that because then I feel like it's go, 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 go. And there's no break. So looking ahead, I know that on May 18th, I think it's a Friday. I think it's Friday. Um, I am going out of town. I know on May 17th, the night before, we have an event, and this is probably going to air actually after this May date, but still. Um, So the 18th, I know I go to Scottsdale, Arizona. On the 17th, I know we have an event after work. So there is a girl that I met on a networking panel a couple weeks ago. She seems awesome. Like, maybe we'll be friends. I don't know. But I really like her, and I want to get together with her. But last night, she texted me, and she suggested drinks on the 16th. And I almost trigger finger responded and said, yeah, sounds great. 
great. But then I was like, wait a second, you know yourself. And this is when like it's a little situation. But I think this is when like those boundaries have to be applied. So I took a deep breath. I looked at my calendar. I gave her like a couple other suggestions like during the day that weren't after work or like two weeks later, you know, and and I was really proud of myself because I felt like A, I was taking my own advice, but B, like you have to know yourself and how you, you know, function best. So I thought that was kind of a fun point to share. I love that. That's me all the time. Yeah. My calendar like that. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about this busy contest. Let's say that you're done with work for the day. You've had a busy day with a lot of things going on, right? Wearing a lot of different hats per use. And you're driving home from work and you talk to your friend. Your friend is still sitting at work with no time, no no idea when she's going to leave. She's just kind of sitting there and you're talk and you're calling her and she just starts telling you how busy she is. And 5 minutes later, it's still happening. How do you respond? I, uh, well, it depends how close of a friend <laughs> I were. Um, if it was one of my close friends, I think that I would say, well, if you're so busy, what are you doing answering the phone? Like, one, that's not a good idea. And I feel like there's so many people that spend so much time complaining about their busyness that that's time they could have been being more efficient or taking action. And I think that I always like to say, like, you're in control of your own happiness. I actually feel very similarly about you're in control of your own busyness. Like, you can make ways to make it work, and complaining about it is not a helpful helpful way to deal with that. Yeah, I agree. Like, there has to be a good way to kind of break that busy cycle. And some some people say that you should – oh, there I I do have it here at Marisol. Uh, Some people say – I think they're – I can't talk. (laughs) Sorry, Mackenzie. I'm just – not talking well. Okay. Um, there's a Forbes article. And in the Forbes article, they recommended that when someone tells you how busy they are, you respond with, gosh, I hope things come down for you soon. Um, and in the Forbes article, they say that you'll definitely see the expression on the person's face like change a little bit when you kind of change the tone of that conversation. And just, I guess you're taking away the power of the busy a little bit because in our culture, busyness can mean successful. And so it is kind of an interesting dynamic there. And I don't know that I totally agree with that. I mean, I don't want to burst someone's busy bubble necessarily. But I also, you know, I feel a little bit resentment sometimes when I'm trying to meet with someone and they have a meeting with me and then they email me that morning and say, I'm slammed and just can't figure it out. You know, I'm like, well, I'm busy too, but I'm making time. Yeah. I think it also, this kind of goes with the Thing that I think happens at companies a lot is like, oh, the person that stays till 8 p.m. is obviously the busiest and hardest working person there. And I, I hate that so much. It's something that I hope that companies can move away from. And that just, just because you're there longer doesn't mean you're busier. Somebody might just be working smarter um, right. than that person. And I, I feel like ending that stigma is going to be a huge win for kind of ending this busy culture um, and proving who's the hardest working or staying at the the office the latest. Right, right. And just kind of in terms of, you know, maybe you and I just throwing out some tips on how to work smarter and not harder. You know, we talked about kind of tracking your time. We talked about blocking it in in chunks. Um, I think, you know, not getting caught up in your personal stuff at work to the best of your ability. Like, hey, sometimes we all got to make that doctor's appointment phone call and we can only do it within a certain, you know, those ridiculous hours, right? So I guess 
get it. You're going to have to do that while you're sitting at your desk. But, you know, don't update your personal Instagram story. You don't have to look at Facebook. You don't have to get sidetracked by whatever it is that day, you know, that's happening in your personal life. You don't have to engage with the group text fight (laughs) (laughs) um, while you're sitting at work. Yeah. And I also think that there's value, too. And if you know yourself and maybe if you eat lunch away from your desk and take those 30 minutes. That's not taking 30 minutes out of your really busy day. That's kind of resetting so that you can be equally as productive in the end of your afternoon, which is I'm a huge advocate of. Um, I like how you said that. You're resetting the day. I like it. And you need to sometimes take those breaks to continue being productive. Um, But I think that another thing that I find people getting caught up in and staying busy is Everybody is always getting emails from people trying to sell you on something, sell you on like using this platform or that platform. And so many people get caught up in having those conversations and just exploring what's out there all of the time. But something that I've found helpful is at Mandy's, we set uh, goals for eight week sprints. So if it's not in your eight week sprint to look at XYZ platform, you're not going to do it. So um, that's something that's really helpful to kind of wrap your head around what you can take on within in. That's interesting. Your eight-week sprint. A lot of people do quarters, which is what we previously did and still do for some things. But sprints is really how we set our goals, which we do objectives and key results if you're familiar with that. But um, goals is an easier way to explain it. Cool. I really like that. That's interesting. Um, Well, very good. So I know that we might have some questions in the audience here (laughs) in our studio. Um, So we have Ashley here with us today. And Ashley is our spring intern. Her internship wraps up at the end of this month, so in just a few weeks. And she graduates from Cal State Long Beach in December. So Ashley, I'm curious, what questions do you have today? Okay, I think my question would be, I always like on the, there's a quote that I would always hear. It's like, say yes until you could say no. So what you guys were saying, or it's like, okay, like kind of like limit yourself so you could have more free time. But do you think that's different from like when you've been in the game longer as opposed to first starting out? Like when you're like an entry level employee, it's like you do want to prove yourself. And I think it is important to prove yourself to stand out. Yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of start. I think it is, I think it is a little different. So I think you know, insightful of you to you know kind of think about that. Um, I think it is different. But if I could tell my college self anything, it would be that hey, you can say no. You don't have to go to every party. You don't have to join every club. But the stuff that you do decide to commit to, go all the way. You know, kind of. I whenever I talk to college students these days, I say instead of joining ten different clubs, join two and be on the executive board of those. So I think guard your commitments with everything sort of and the, the stuff that you do commit to take that seriously and go all the way but just know that that doesn't mean that you have to commit to everything that's coming at you from everywhere in your life if that makes sense yeah and I echo exactly what you just said which is like it's still the power of no to me it's just the things that you're saying no to is empowering you to be better at the things you say yes to is the way that I look at it yeah, I interviewed um, Adam Braun for my book, and Adam Braun is kind of famous for being Scooter Braun, the Justin Bieber manager, guys, brother. Adam Braun's the founder of Pencils for Promise and Mission U. Mission U is like disrupting the college space. It's a new way for people to go to college, basically. And he said something to me. He said, um, 
he said every time that you say yes to something, whether it's answering another email or another event or whatever it is, you're saying no to something else. And that no could be you're saying no to your family or to your loved ones or, you know, because you're saying yes to something, it's not allowing you to do something else. And that was something that really stuck with me. Like as the intern queen, I obviously get hundreds of student emails. And there is this like expectation of me to get back to everything. And I get back to everything-ish. But um, I feel bad about that sometimes. I'm like, I got to get back to the student. And it's the other side of my brain's like, you better figure out how you're making money in your business, right? So me spending time answering 20 student emails is taking time away from me potentially growing my business, which not only benefits me, but my entire team, right? So it's always like when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. So I thought that was good advice. All right. So... um so I'm a few years out of college, so um, I'm not a recent grad anymore. But if you had to share your number one tip for work-life balance, what would that be? Oh, man. Number one tip for work-life balance. I think that it's really important to figure out what that means to you. I think it's just so different for every person. And if you're trying to have the same work-life balance as your coworker who's like running marathons in their spare time and waking up at 4am, that's not for you. But if work-life balance for you is being able to leave work at 5.30 to go home and make dinner, that's totally fine. I think it's just figuring out what that is so you know the right thing to prioritize and know what is going to be the most beneficial for you for that extra time you have outside of work, probably. Yeah. I love that piece of advice. I second that. It's like, fine, what's important to you and Mm -hmm. really try to figure out ways to make it happen. And I guess, so one thing I'll add to that is I think that Telling your boss what you need is really important. Like I sat down with another team member of ours recently and we've been, we're a college business. So whenever college is in, we're really busy, right? So I sat down with her a couple weeks ago and she was like, I just need a day. Like I need to be unplugged. And while she hasn't been unplugged because we're still very busy, I have that in my head and I'm sure I will do something nice for that person, you know, in a couple weeks when we settle down and make sure that she gets that day of being unplugged. So I think sometimes you're like, oh, my boss doesn't care, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're kind of like a frustrated employee, I think it's important to voice your concerns in a professional way and try to find a way to articulate what you need. Not in a, I'm complaining about this kind of way, but just in a, you know, here's the situation and here's how I'm feeling. And just so you're aware, like, this is what I'm going to need. And, and you know, I think it's fair and it's warranted and it's, it's good for people to know. I, I want to know how people are feeling and how they're thinking. So. Totally. I think transparency and what you need for work-life balance is so huge. If your manager knows that on Wednesday mornings you like to go meditate at the beach and you might be a little bit later than usual or you might have to, you know, come to work in workout clothes or whatever is allowed at your workplace, I think it's totally fine being transparent about what what makes you tick outside of the office. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ellen, thank you so much. I felt like this is such a, you know, such a cool conversation. And thanks for like just being so real with us today and telling us everything and giving us some insights into your personal and professional life. We really appreciate it. Amazing. Thank you for having me on. This has been so fun chatting with you, Lauren, and the rest of the crew. It's been awesome. All right, that wraps up today's episode of Get It Together. Hope you guys like that and really excited to bring you even more stuff next week. So stay tuned and uh, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks, everyone.